Hey, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Excited to have Maya Thompson from the University of Iowa, who is a P4 in her first appy. And today we're going to be talking about seven LinkedIn strategies strategies that we can use uh, to improve your LinkedIn. I think we focus on the CV a lot, but sometimes forget that our digital presence uh, is often as important or even more important. So Maya, welcome to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast. Thanks, Tony. Thank you for having me today. I'm really excited to uh, start my first podcast episode. Awesome. All right. Well, let's just start uh, first. You you created your LinkedIn profile, and when you did that, you looked at a bunch of profiles, and you had a kind of general, these are good things to do, these are bad things to do, or maybe not the best things to do, uh, and then we'll get into the seven strategies. But first, tell us what are some of the good things that you saw that someone did on their LinkedIn that made it really stand out or something that you felt was very professional? Yeah, of course. So first, um, just kind of looking at uh, everyone's page, I saw that everyone had a bunch of activity and posts that they they had. So they liked or commented on posts, and this just kind of shows that I guess that the person is still actively engaged in their LinkedIn. They didn't just make the LinkedIn and then kind of forgot about it. They're actively posting and, you know, keeping things up to date on it. So I thought that was really cool. Shows up they're really engaged and, you know, like using the LinkedIn profile. Um, another thing I saw, I guess, was just um, their summary or their about section. So a little blurb on what they, what position they had, what they were doing currently and what their interests were. I thought that was great. And what we like to do is make sure that's not cookie cutter. So I saw a lot of that basically said the same, which I don't think was a great thing to have, but I thought I saw a lot that had a bunch of details that was really interesting. Okay, and then I've actually heard that you can put your exam scores or GPA and those types of things on there? Yeah, so I saw one profile actually had their PCOA score on there, and I thought that was interesting um, just to put that on, especially if you score if you do score high on the PCOA, um, just to keep that on and make it recognize that, you know, you are a good student. All right. So those were some of the good things. Uh, let's hear what some of the, let's call them bad things that you saw on LinkedIn that maybe uh, someone wants to avoid when they're putting those on their profile. Yeah. So while looking at other profiles, I actually saw one or two that didn't have any profile pictures on them, which I thought was really interesting only because, you know, if you're meeting people, say, let's say at like mid-year or something like that, and, they, and you give them your LinkedIn, and you don't have a picture, I was just kind of surprised that there wasn't a face to the name and profile. Yeah, I would. I feel like if I was an RPD and I didn't see a picture, I might, one, ignore it, but I might also go to other social media. So now I'm going to try to find your Instagram or your Facebook or uh, those types of things. So yeah, definitely a picture. Yeah. And then the other thing, I guess, um, just an incomplete profile. So I'm not having a picture would be incomplete, but also not having anything on the LinkedIn. So you had the first step of making it, you're all excited about it, and then you must have forgot, or you didn't find that it was um, a good thing to keep going and updating it. So Okay, so maybe it was a class project, and they said, okay, I, I got a LinkedIn profile, I did it, uh, but never updating it, and it just becomes... It, it kind of becomes a, a way of saying this is someone that may not uh, complete tasks all the way or make sure that things get done. And, and obviously, it's something we don't want to have. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I saw that. 
And then the one thing that stood out to me was just the very simple spelling or grammar mistakes. Um, you know, just spelling things wrong on the profile, kind of making it look like as though you rushed through the whole thing. And you want to make sure that I guess that you're taking time and putting effort into this because it, it's resembling who you are and what your brand is. That makes a lot of sense. So I, I don't know that I'm not sure if Grammarly would pick up in a LinkedIn profile, but you could copy and paste. Uh, we'll talk about some of the, the paragraphs and the things that you put in there to make sure that uh, everything's on the up and up. Okay, well, let's, let's kind of get into those uh, seven tips uh, for uh, figuring out you know, what it is to have a good uh, LinkedIn profile. All right, let's start with the first thing. We mentioned that you want to have photos. But you actually talked about professional photos. Now, I've been at ASHP where I've seen this huge line and people waiting to get their, their headshots. How important is it to get a professional photo? Why can't you just take a picture? I mean, the iPhone quality is pretty good. <laughs> I think that maybe with a f professional photographer, they've already kind of got lighting and background and just an incredibly high-quality camera, and they know exactly the size because you don't want your head to be like this tiny little piece of the picture and then you also don't want it to be uh, this giant image so I can see how uh, wanting to have a professional there uh, is a good idea but tell me a little bit more about like actual number of visits that you'll get with a photo versus without one. Yeah so actually um, I saw in a couple um, sources that I viewed just to kind of go through the LinkedIn process uh, that it's more likely that your profile will be viewed and actually it's 21 times more likely uh, that someone um, will view your profile if you have a picture on it and if you don't then you're going to get way less views um, and so we're all about networking making connections and things like that on LinkedIn and those views are important um, so yeah okay and then you had mentioned before that you're kind of don't have that personalization. It's tough to meet somebody when you don't know their picture. Uh, those types of things, you know, doesn't help. You know, I've got a, okay, well, I'm the guy with the name tag that says Tony versus I've seen a picture of you. I, I know who you are. Well, let's go on to the second one. You've been in school for many, many years, <laughs> and now you need to create a summary that is a few sentences, right? Or maybe is it isn't even a paragraph or is it just a, a little couple of sentences. Yeah, so I um, saw a short blurb, essentially, is what you want to put on your profile, basically encompassing what you are, what your current position is, what you're interested in, and making it short and precise. Um, so it's essential for highlighting you as a person, and you're emphasizing the top qualities and experiences that you want people to know about you. So it's not your life story from beginning to end, but more importantly, it's, it is kind of talking about that brand. And, and I know that this is a buzzword. Everybody has to have a brand or something like that, something you're known for. But you also don't want to pigeonhole yourself either, right? You, you, you're, in a, you're in appies. You, you know what you think you're going to want to do. But it's also in some ways exploratory. You want to have these different experiences and, and leave some room for flexibility. So in that summary, um, how long is your actual summary if you were to just say how many sentences? So I would say my current summary is two sentences. 
Okay, um, so brief. Brief, pretty brief. And I would say two to three is a pretty good length for what you want to have. You don't you want to engage your reader, but you also don't, like you said, want to put on your life story of what you want to do, all these intricate details, because those might change later on. Okay, so number one is professional photos. Number two is summary. But then number three is another summary, but I think you had it titled as education uh, or something like that. For someone like me, industry experience would be actually talking about my job and the role that I have. But as a student, you use education. Can you tell me a little bit more about number three? Yeah, of course. So when I scroll down on my LinkedIn profile, I have experience and education going next. And my education is essentially going through my college um, career. So I have the University of Iowa where I did my pre-pharmacy studies but I have the most recent University of Iowa College of Pharmacy. And that is just basically saying I am still a student here. You know, if I go on to do other education, get my master's or things like that, I can put that there. Then as for experience, like you said, I don't really have any um, clinical jobs or anything like that yet. So I'm not going to have a ton of experience. But what I do have is experience in just work, work job or careers, jobs in local places as of right now. So I have uh, experience, you know, at UIHC doing a couple positions, and that kind of relates to pharmacy. And so I managed to put those on there, made sure that those were important and the important experiences that I have purposely gone through. Okay, so when you talk about that, you use the term small resume, and I think that's a great way to describe it. So you're really condensing uh, your resume of just a couple of, of positions that you had and do you even put bullets about what you do with your acute care experience versus uh, your other experience? Or did you just put where it was? Uh, how do you, how much depth goes into that? So I did put a ton of details into this yet. I just mainly put the location. It's important to put how long you've been at the position just because they want to make sure, you know, that you are committed. Um, so I put the position, how long, um, and essentially where it was located at. You can put information or what should be like or what your roles were in the position that you held there. However, there is another section on the LinkedIn that I think is really important, and that's where you can put your skills. And so instead of, I guess, describing my skills that I had at these work locations, I put them in the skills section. Okay, and so we can transition to number four. So list your mm -hmm. relevant skills. And you gave me a huge range that they could go from five to 50 skills. Yeah. Okay. So I guess two questions. What <laughs> skills do you put in? And then is there an order to them? Like, do you put your top five in first and then kind of follow along? Uh, how did you kind of choose to do relevant skills? Sure. So based on my work experiences that I have had, I made sure to pick skills that I know somebody can vouch for me for. So at my acute care intern position, I do med recs on a daily basis. I put that as one of my skills, and so when I have connections that I met through my position there, people can actually endorse these skills, and endorsements show that, okay, I worked with this person, I know they can do med recs, I'm going to endorse them because I know that they do a great job, things like that, and endorsements really prove that you are competent in these skills. And so I went through, and basically I chose five, you can have a little more, I think once you get towards, you know, 
<laughs> over 10. It's getting a little long and lengthy. Um, so I chose five as of right now. And as my career in, you know, doing APPEs and other positions like that, as that expands, um, I can add more skills or maybe even refine them. So for a hospital pharmacy, for example, if I have great experiences in the medical ICU, I can go ahead and change hospital pharmacy to medical ICU. Okay, that makes sense. And so really when we're talking about those kind of buzzwords that that really make you qualified for a specific role, those go under skills. Yes. Now, they say it's not what you know, it's who you know. And we were just talking about what you know. Number five would be growing your network and finding those other people that may either uh, help you with a position or uh, may support you in some way or you may end up supporting them. So uh, tell me a little bit about growing your network and there apparently are some limitations on the number of invitations that you can send out. Yeah, so I so I just made my LinkedIn profile, didn't have a ton of connections or anything like that, so I decided to start sending some invites. You can personalize the connection message and make, and so you can, I think there is a general one, but you can also add a little blurb and be like, hey, like, I would love to connect with you, here's why. Um, but apparently there is a weekly <laughs> connection invite um, maximum that okay. you can send. I have met that for the week, I guess, <laughs> because I cannot send any more. And so, um, but yeah, growing your network um, is super important, especially because if you want, you know, for, you know, different job opportunities or different people looking at your profile, you want to have those connections and just expanding uh, your, I guess, network. Yeah, I, I guess the the one thing that I, I took away from it was if you ever say in an interview, you know, are you good with people? Oh, yeah, I'm good with people. And they see seven LinkedIn connections and no profile picture. That seems weak evidence for I'm good with people. But when they see that magic 500 plus connections, which I think the average person has 300 connections, so that's working a little bit harder, I guess, for it. But with 50 invitations a week, you could get up to 500, I guess, in two appies or two five-week appies if you just do the math. But uh, that's just kind of really interesting to me that, that you can grow your connections to a certain number. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. Um, so once you've grown your network uh, quite a bit, so now you want to share something with them. And tell me a little bit about number six, which is sharing the relevant content for your feed. What is relevant to your brand or to you, or what, what do you see yourself starting to post on LinkedIn? Yeah, so some posts or some, um, I guess, content that you can share would be experiences in your career that you want to share with your network and is that that provides information on to others on what your brand would be. So, for example, if I wanted to share something pharmacy-related, that would be great. I'm in, the pharma I'm in pharmacy school. I'm doing my APPEs. I want to share experiences that I've had in my APPEs. Those are relevant. I wouldn't share... You know, I'm going out for tacos tonight because <laughs> I've just <laughs> because I've just been really in the mood for them. That's not exactly relevant. This is supposed to be a professional profile. So just looking at the professional aspects of that and making sure that you are sharing the relevant information and uh, keeping the posts interesting um, and, and what aligns with your interest. Um, and you can like, you can comment on things, you can share them. So yeah, just making sure that you have that activity and making sure that you're engaged on your LinkedIn profile. Okay. 
And so we'll we'll talk about and kind of work through uh, this post as a podcast, and we'll see how does that how do we best create a post for LinkedIn for our uh, profiles, and then because we'll be connected. Um, you know, my group can see it, your group can see it, and the more you grow your network, the more people see your posts, and it just kind of grows from there. Now, the seventh tip was to actually make it a lot easier for them to find you, uh, which is the public URL. So mine's Tony Farm D, and you mentioned that it's been so long since I ever did this. You mentioned that the first URL you get is just kind of a mess of letters and numbers. Yeah, so I didn't even know that you could change your URL. So when I saw this on a source, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. I went and looked at my URL. It was a bunch of random numbers, random letters all thrown together. So I was like, okay, this is going to be hard for somebody to punch into their web search and find me at. So I went in. You can edit your custom URL. I think it's important. I would maybe choose something that's, you know, relates to you. So I did my first dash last name. Okay, so Maya, M-I-A-H hyphen, yes. T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. And then University of Iowa uses hyphens in their names, right, in the email addresses? Correct. Where yeah. Drake uses, uh, which is the, the pharmacy school that's two hours to the west of, of Iowa, which uses, uh, I guess they're called periods or dots or, or whatever. So important, even to that small scale uh, that you're, uh, kind of going with whatever your school is uh, figured out, but tell me a little bit about how this works for business cards and and making it a lot easier for someone to get a hold of you. Exactly. Yeah. So you can, I guess, sharing your URL and making it easier for people to find you is one way to build those strong connections and get a five hundred plus connection on your network. So you can add these URLs to your business cards. If you want to hand them out at, say, ASHP Midyear, you can add maybe even a QR code. It links to the URL. Just making it easier for these people to find you and connect with you and essentially growing your network. Okay, so let's just go over them again. So number one was professional photos. Number two was working on the summary. Number three was your industry experience, expertise, education, Number four, listing your relevant skills, which is a little bit different than that experience in education. Number five was growing your network. Six, sharing relevant content to that network. And then seven, making it easy for people to find you with a public URL change. Did I get it right? Yeah, you got it right. And even with LinkedIn, there's a ton more things that you can add. Um, You can add projects, special interests, organizations, just making um, it tailor to you and what you want to portray to people as who you are as a professional. Awesome. All right. Well, Maya, I've asked you a bunch of questions. Is there anything that I might have missed or anything else you wanted to add? I don't think so. I think we got it all, but this uh, will be published to my LinkedIn. And so we would be able to go ahead and look on that. So if you want to check out my LinkedIn, feel free. And also with Tony's. Yeah. So yours is linkedin.com forward slash M-I-A-H hyphen T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. Correct. And then mine is uh, Tony Farm D. So thanks again for listening to the Pharmacy Residency Podcast. Uh, Next week, we'll come in with kind of another update from the Appy World. And we'll talk a little bit maybe about uh, getting your NAPLEX together. I know it seems early, 
But a lot of times what we can do is we can use those old RX preps that maybe um, one of your big brothers or whatever in the fraternities or one of your friends in, in a past class used, uh, and that might uh, help you out. So thanks again for listening.